0: يُرِيبُ اللَّهُ لِيُبَيِّنَ لَكُمْ وَيَحْدِيَكُمْ سُنَنَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَيَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ أَن يَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ وَيُرِيدُ الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ الشَّهَوَاتِ أَن, ان تَمِيلُوا مَيْلَن عَظِيمًا Who I you have fee for Ankum Wahulikal Wahulikal in Sanu Baifa. This is chapter four, verses twenty six
1: to twenty eight that I have recited to you, and their English translation is Allah desires to explain to you and to guide you into the ways of those before you, and to turn to you mercifully. Allah is knowing and wise. And Allah desires to turn to you mercifully, and those who follow their lusts Desired that you should deviate with a great deviation. Allah desires to make light your burdens and man is created weak. It will be later on in the khutbah that I will come to uh, the reason why I have recited these verses of the Holy Quran. The first part of this khutbah I want to devote to answering a common objection against the Holy Quran. And that objection is, and, and I did give a khutbah on this some time ago last year, and that objection is that there is no sequence in the Holy Quran. It's a bo- book without sequence that jumps from topic to topic etc and uh, the example that i want to use to illustrate that this objection arises because of a misunderstanding of the nature and purpose of holy quran came to mind two days ago when i was watching the news the news started and you had the first news was about Barclays and other banks being fined for what I think should amount to criminal activity. They were fined one point, I think Barclays was fined 1.5 billion pounds for manipulating uh, rates of interest or exchange rates, I forget which. The next news was about The Muslims from Burma who are fleeing in little rickety boats and trying to find sanctuary in Muslim countries like Malaysia and Indonesia and they're being turned away. They're simply turning the boats round and pushing them out of their territorial waters. The third thing was about the two children British children who went for a holiday in Cyprus and because a faulty boiler had been fitted they died because of carbon monoxide poisoning. And the fourth item was about those boat people who were trying to cross the Mediterranean in boats from Libya to Italy and Greece to find a better safer life there. And it occurred to me, someone could say, someone who doesn't understand the purpose of news, could say that, what's the connection between these things? There's no link. You start with banks, and you go on to some people living uh, uh, in the east, and then you go off on some people who went off on holiday, and then you go off on some people who are trying to cross the, the Mediterranean. When I turned on the television and I saw the news, I thought it would be like you know, like a Hitchcock movie with a sequence and a plot and actives. This doesn't make sense to me. You're jumping all over the place from one to the other. Now, only a person who does not understand the specific purpose of news will raise this objection. The purpose of news is what? Is to tell you about important things which are happening all over the world. And these are selected and then a program made. It's not like a film that has a plot that has a story and one thing happens or, or history that you know one king dies and another one takes over from, from him. And it's exactly the same with the Holy Quran. Because people don't understand its purpose. They think that there is no sequence and the chapters uh, in the way they are laid out uh, are not uh, related. You know, I could say the same thing about uh, a book of mathematics. There's no sequence. One chapter is about addition, one is about subtraction, one is about multiplication, one is about division, etc, uh, etc. Et so what's the, uh, the sequence? But you have to understand what the purpose of that book is. And once you understand the purpose of that book, which is trying to teach you arithmetic, then you will understand the sequence. And it is the same thing with the Holy Quran. You have to understand its purpose, why it was revealed to man, before you will understand the sequence in which the Holy Prophet Muhammad laid out these, these chapters. So I thought, you know, uh, last time I I gave a Khutbah uh, on on this topic, this example didn't uh, occur to me, but it seemed to me very, very relevant that I share my thoughts with you um, about this uh, extra example that uh, I have found. But then I noticed something else, looking at these news that there was a common theme between all of these news items. These traders, currency traders, were manipulating the market. They were manipulating interest rates. Why were they doing it? They were doing it because of their lusts, their desire they desire and lust for the world for the thing for the things of this world it didn't matter how much they possess they want to possess more it doesn't matter how expensive the things are that they possess they want even more expensive things as if in the final final analysis these things would make any difference to their lives or to common humanity. You know how many parathas can you eat? You can eat one perhaps two. If you have a stack of 15 do you think for your lunch or dinner you will be able to eat uh, 15 of them? and even if you did, what will it do for you? This excess, what will it do for you? It'll cause you cholesterol, probably diabetes, and if like me you don't exercise, you'll quite quickly die of a heart attack. So you can accumulate these things And it looks very good. But access of anything is damaging for human beings. It's it's damaging for human body. It's damaging for human soul. And yet these people have this access, this lust to acquire more and more and more of these worldly goods. Yes, you need food to survive. Yes, you need money so that you have a roof over your head and that you don't die in the street in snow and rain and whatever else exposed to the air to the elements but that is all that, that money is needed for that is all that you need money for as long as you cover your body protect it against wind and rain and cold and so on does it matter that your sweater is made of 2,000 pounds worth of cashmere or whether it's just an ordinary sweater what do you achieve by saying my sweater is made of cashmere wool and it cost me 3,000 pounds nothing In the final analysis, you don't achieve, you don't gain anything. That means that you've been misguided, as the Holy Quran says, Allah desires to turn turn to you mercifully. But the world deceives you. And those who follow their lusts desire that you should deviate with a great deviation. So these bankers, these traders sitting in New York and London were basically lying and cheating and being dishonest. It's quite interesting, you know, that uh, if a poor person lies or cheats or is dishonest, makes a false statement and claims benefits falsely, what happens to them? They get dragged through all kinds of tribunals and probably end up in prison. But if a rich person does it, to the tune of 1.5 billion, well, I don't know they, what they, this was the fine that they, they, they were given, I don't know the extent, it must have been tens of billions of pounds, all they get is a slap on the wrist and a fine. And I find it hard to understand why these traders are not in prison. But let's move on to the next item that was there. The next item that was there was about these Muslims who are being persecuted by Buddhists in Burma to the extent that they get into these boats and they go into the sea to try and find sanctuary in a Muslim country, Malaysia, Indonesia but those countries turn them away. Why? The reason is obvious. Just, because, just, just like the trader wants to accumulate as much wealth for himself and he doesn't want to share it with anyone, governments and people of those countries want all that they have for themselves. It doesn't matter how much difficulty these boat people are in. It doesn't matter that the boats are rickety and they may sink and drown people. None of that is material. They say Muslim brother, Muslim brother, Muslim brother, but they're not prepared to share a piece of bread with that Muslim brother. In 1971, when there was a civil war in in, in Pakistan, in what was then known as East Pakistan, One section of the population sided with what is now Pakistan. And after Pakistan was divided into Pakistan and Bangladesh, those people wanted to come to Pakistan. They're not millions of them, they're not tens of millions of them. They want to leave to come to Pakistan, so Bangladesh doesn't accept them. They're Muslims. Bangladeshis, majority of them are Muslims. These people are Muslims. Pakistanis are Muslims. Since 1971, these people have been trying to come to Pakistan. Has anyone helped them? No. Why? Because those who are in Pakistan do not want to share anything that they have with those who stranded in Bangladesh. In the same way, People of Malaysia don't want to share what they have with those people who are in these boats. People of Indonesia don't want to share with these Muslims what they have to help them out. You see, we say, oh, go back and implement uh, what was happening at the time of the uh, the Holy Prophet and the companions of the Prophet, Rasulullah Yes, implement that. Implement it. What was the first thing they did? The very first thing. Let's start with that. Mahajirin, the emigrants, came from Makkah to Medina. They didn't have anything. Just like these boat people from Burma are getting into these boats and going to Malaysia and Indonesia. These Emigrants, these Mahajirin, why were they leaving? They were leaving because they were being persecuted for the sake of their religion in Mung. Why are these boat people leaving Burma? Because they are being persecuted by the Buddhists for the sake of their religion. These people are putting their lives in danger by taking to the sea. Those people put their lives in danger by taking to the desert without food, without water, under the blazing sun. When those immigrants got to the only Muslim state in Medina, all the Muslims in Medina shared everything they had with the immigrants. The Holy Prophet said, you are that one's brother, you are that one's brother. And those people took them home and they said, here are our pots and pans. Half are yours, half are mine. Here are my horses, half are yours, half are mine. Here is my bags of flour, half are yours and half are mine. Implement that. Start with that. Malaysia is so proud that it has implemented the Sharia. What Sharia has it implemented? Some punishments? What about the Sharia that says look after your Muslim brother? Indonesia says they want to implement the Sharia. And in the light of that they say they're making certain new rules and regulations. Now, you see, the amazing thing is this. Look at the difference. People are crossing the Mediterranean in rickety boats to get to Italy and Greece and other countries in Europe. Are they pushing those boats back into the sea? Are they letting those people drown and die? No. They go out. They rescue these people. They take them mainly to Italy. They give them food, they give them clothing, they give them water, they look after them. But what's a Muslim doing to a Muslim? Malaysia is well-off. It's not a poor country, it's a well-off country. And yet its navy does not even bother does not even bother to check a boat to see whether it's seaworthy or not. It says you are in Malaysia's territorial waters, so what are we going to do? We are going to tow you out of our area and push you back into the sea. We don't care whether you drown or whether you die. There were babies starving on those boats. There were pregnant women sick on those boats. But yet, we are all Muslims and we are united and if anything happens to uh, people in in Iraq or Syria young men here rush out there to fight uh, this infidel and that infidel. What about someone rushing out to help these people? Is Islam only about going out to kill people? Is there nothing in Islam that tells you if your brother Is it difficulty? Share what you have with it. And that was what I noticed was the common thread through all of these news. Whether it was those kids who died in Cyprus. Why did they die? Because the the company that owned that chalet, it wanted to save money, so they hired someone who wasn't properly qualified. Why did Thomas Cook Use that chalet because they wanted to save money and that was a cheap chalet. Why doesn't Indonesia let these boat people in? Because whatever money they have, they want to keep it, they don't want to share it with anyone. And that is the tragedy of Muslims of this age. When you want to go back, remember, it was a Muslim community they were all together, they were all one. And unless and unless we are prepared to go back to a time when we are willingly and happily ready to share what we have with other human beings who are less fortunate than us, then to say let's go back to the time of the Sahaba is just a pipe dream. And all of our devotions, whether it's daily praise or Friday praise or Ramadan, they're all devoted to teaching us, to putting this desire, this purpose of Allah to practice. Allah desires to turn to you mercifully. But he can only do that because he has given us free will if we first turn to ourselves. And control our lusts and worldly desires and stop respecting people because they're wearing a two thousand pound suit. However they got that two thousand pound to buy that suit. Islam is not against endeavor, Islam is not against working hard, Islam is not against making money. What Islam is against is holding that money, keeping it to yourself not sharing it with those who are less fortunate than you are. And these are the people in the next part of this verse. And those who follow their lusts desire that you should deviate with a great deviation. And it really is embarrassing that in many, many ways, people of the West, particularly Europe, behave more in an Islamic way than those who recite the Kaliba and inhabit countries where Muslims are in a majority.